met Eric. Um, he was one of the first individuals I met when I moved here about five years ago, even before we actually made the move. I was down here doing some work and got connected with Eric and just immediately found he's a special kind of guy. Um, he's the kind of guy that you get around him and you burst into flames because he just he carries such a, a sweet passion for the Lord. And he, he knows, he lives, he models what it means to live in intimate relationship with the Lord. He knows what mystical union with the Lord really looks like, and it's so sweet to have revelation come from him when he speaks. So we have him come in this morning to kind of just lay some things on us. So Eric, come on up here. Come on, bless him, guys. I don't normally, I don't think I've ever even spoken with one of these things before, so hopefully it uh, doesn't fall off. Sounds a little loud. I tend to get a little loud, so I apologize beforehand for your ears. Uh, My wife likes, she tells me all the time, Eric, you sound like you're angry, but let me just tell you, I'm not angry. (laughs) I'm just passionate. (laughs) Um, Brooke, Madison, Leah, come up here real fast. Those of you that don't know me, this is my my family. Come over here. This is, this is my wife, Brooke, the love of my life, my very best friend in all the world. And uh, without her, none of anything that we're doing in the Lord would be possible. This is my firstborn, Madison Tate Gilmore. She is going to be nine in January. And the Lord has touched her, her life uh, tremendously. Um, and also, she's very talented in singing. And, um, you know, one time she was singing worship to the Lord, and we caught it on video, a blue flame flew up over her head, stood over her head, and then flew away. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. So the call of God is on her life, and we know that the Lord's going to use her. This is Leah Bia. The young- <laughs> She's the youngest. She just turned four, and she is one of the most humble human beings I've ever met in my life. Just tender, soft-hearted, uh, just, I-, I don't even know. Some of we're, we're speechless sometimes of how tender-hearted she is. So anyways, I wanted you guys to meet them before I jump in. You guys can go sit down. (laughs) Um, Also, I want to say, before we even jump in here, how privileged you guys are to be with Andrew and Jocelyn. Man, oh man, I've been through the city, you know, for a while I grew up here. So I've met a lot of pastors and stuff, but man, there's something that Andrew has and is that you're just not going to find anywhere else. Uh, he's got such, uh, not only is he gifted, but man, he's got the foundation of humility and he sees very panoramically, if you know what I mean. He, he, he understands the fullness of Christ. And we know that about apostles, they, their, their burden is the fullness of Christ. They're sick and tired of one thing. They want to see the fullness of Jesus. And I know Andrew uh, uh, pretty well. And as I've come to know him more and more, he is jealous for the fullness, and I really appreciate that about him. He wouldn't have me here speak if he wasn't, if he wasn't yeah. down for the fullness, yeah. <laughs> because I'm going to bring some things that may not be normal around here, um, but he recognizes, and we recognize together, that uh, we all need each other, yes. and though perspectives may not be completely the same, we receive and open our hearts so that we can see a fullness of Jesus. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. All right. I do have a word from the Lord for you. I said I do have a word from the Lord for you. Yeah, I've I've waited on the Lord. How many know that this is how you get the word of the Lord? You wait on the Lord. How many know this is how you don't have the word of the Lord? You don't wait on the Lord. 
If you don't wait on the Lord, you don't have the word of the Lord, period. But if you wait on him, he'll speak to you. And when he speaks, it comes inside of you and it makes you something different so that you can deliver something that he is. Do you understand what I'm saying? And this is very important. I'm sick and tired of hearing message after message, thing after thing being said, spoken, taught, and there's no real word of the Lord. There's a famine in the land for the word of the Lord. Listen, there's not a famine right now for food. There's not, we're, we're blessed, man. There's not a famine right now for, for, for drinking or you know things like this. We, we've got everything we need. But I'm telling you what, there's a famine throughout the U.S. for the word of the Lord. What is God saying? Listen, religion knows things that God has said, but they don't know what God is saying. There's a major difference between knowing what God has said and knowing what God is saying. Because one of them is alive, and the other one you can die with it. You can, die, you can go to hell with your Bible in your hand. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can go to hell with baptismal waters dripping off your face, a communion cup in your hand, and a wafer stuck to your tongue. You need to know Jesus. You cannot get saved. You are not saved. You are not living the saved life if you are not in intimate communion with Jesus. And I'm telling you this. This is the word of the Lord, okay? The word of the Lord is simply this, and I'm going to expound on it after I say it. Nobody gets pregnant holding hands. Do you understand what I'm saying? We got a lot of people walking around with Jesus, slapping hands, holding hands, skipping through the valley, but they are not intimate with Jesus. And the sad fact is that with the intimate movement, the intimacy movement, the sad fact is that many people have merely adopted the language. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You can't get pregnant by telling yourself you're pregnant. You can't get pregnant because you really, really want to be. You can't get pregnant by knowing everything about pregnancy. You can't get pregnant by buying what to expect when expecting. You can memorize that 500,000 page book all you want. But you're not going to get pregnant like that. You need to be intimate. Intimacy is how we get pregnant. With the purpose of God. And when we get pregnant with the purpose of God, he has installed inside us the thing that he wants to deliver into the world. We're privileged for his ecstasies and we're privileged to his agonies. Ecstasy before agony. If you're going to birth the thing into the world, it's going to take agony. Receiving the thing is ecstasy, but delivering the thing is agony. You understand what I'm saying? Um, Do you guys hear me well? With this on? Okay. So, I want to take a look at something real quick. It's in the book of Luke, chapter 6. I'm not going to go very long. I don't tend to go long. I just want to deliver what I I heard. I don't want to sit here and tell you everything that I know about the Bible. I don't want to sit here and just kind of talk to you. That's not why I'm here. I want to deliver specifically what God has said and then leave. That's, that's really all that I'm interested in. I want to deliver the word of the Lord. That's the one burden of my life, is to deliver the word of the Lord. When he called me, he said, you will be my spokesman. So that literally, that's all that I want to do, is deliver the word of the Lord and see what happens from there. So, um, Luke chapter 6, verse 46 
I apologize if this is going to be too short for some of you guys if you want something longer. But I really can only give you what I've got. The word of the Lord, Luke chapter 6, verse 46, says this. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not do what I say? Okay, these are the words of the Messiah himself. These are not the words of someone else. These are the words of Jesus, the risen Christ. Actually, he's not risen here yet, but he will be. He was slain before the foundations of the world. And so we knew, he knew, and we know exactly what he's doing and who he is and all that the kingdom is, encompasses is in this individual, Jesus the Christ. So if we know a Magna Carta of the kingdom, we know it's in the words of Jesus Christ. The center of everything that we have, the center of everything that we will be, the center of everything that God is desiring to release in the earth is most, it has its epicenter in Jesus the Christ. Jesus, the high and exalted son of God, one and only none other. Jesus, the brilliant, the brilliant, radiant son who reveals to us what God is like. He speaks out of his mouth God's person. He speaks out of his mouth the, the core of the kingdom of God. We want the kingdom of God in our lives? Yeah, it's not a matter of what we say, us. It's a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Is it not? And this comes through receiving Jesus. Now, what am I pointing at? I'm pointing at the fact that Jesus is saying something specific. And what it has to do with is this, a profession, a confession that is not in keeping with a, with a lifestyle, okay? Now it says, he says, Jesus, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not do what I say? Now here's one of the major issues. A lot of people don't even know what he said. There's one group of people that know what he said and they won't do it. There's other people that have no clue what he's saying because they're not listening. I'm telling you, we're going to give an account of our lives. We will stand before God, every single one of us. Paul says himself, we, including himself. Paul the apostle says we, me, myself too, must stand before Christ, the judgment seat of Christ, to give an account of every deed that we've done in the body, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Both of them will be given account. We will give an account before God Almighty, the judgment seat of Christ. We will stand there. And Jesus is giving us the opportunity to hear his voice. And if we do not listen to his voice, we will stand before God very, very bankrupt. I don't want to stand before God bankrupt. I don't want to stand before God and not have him receive from my life the fruit that he desires to get from me. I don't want to stand before God and him look at me and say, man, I wanted you to bear forth children, 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 but you wouldn't get intimate with me. I don't want that to be the case in my life, but you better believe this. This will be the case for a lot of people because we can't just skip through the valley holding hands with Jesus. We must get intimate with him so that he can install in us what he is and we might deliver it into the world. Jesus says, I only do the thing I see my father doing. He saw something, and then he did that thing. He he was alone, and then he came out with it. Intimacy with Jesus is a divine exchange. You receive God on the inside of you. 
And I'm telling you this, as you receive God on the inside of you, he will come out of you. And this, my friends, is exactly what God has called us to. Jesus says, my Father abiding in me does his works. His goal as the Son of God was to let God out. But first of all, receive God in. Jesus, do we see him many times getting away to be alone with God, right? Does it not say that he wakes up well before the sun and he goes to a solitary place? Does it say that? Yeah, Mark 116, 114, right in there. Jesus is God, right? And he on the earth began to teach us how to pray. So we have teaching about prayer from God himself. And you know what he said? He said, when you pray, go into your closet and shut the door. He's saying, get away from everybody. And not only get away from them, shut it out. Shut all the noise out. We're talking about solitary and silence. Solitude and silence. Get away from everybody else. Listen, if I'm in a restaurant with you, and I got to tell you something very important, and the game is playing, and the music's on, and everybody's talking, and the clanking of the pots and the pans and the dishes and the fork. If I want to tell you something very important, what am I going to do? I'm going to grab you by the arm, and I'm going to take you outside. I'm going to take you away so that I can speak clearly to you so that you will not miss anything that I'm saying. And I'm telling you, my friends, this is what the wilderness is. The wilderness is away from everything so that he might speak kindly to you. It's not, a, it's not a dry place where you have nothing and God has just left you. Man, bump that. I hate that stuff. God has left me, man. I'm going through my wilderness. Man, be quiet. What the wilderness is about is this. The wilderness is about God speaking kindly to you away from everybody else. John the Baptist came from the wilderness preaching. He was with God. You know the scripture says there was a man sent from God. John the Baptist came out from God. What does that mean? That means he was with God. And because he was with God, he went out before men. You're in danger if you come before men and you haven't come forth from God. The angel of the Lord comes to to John the Baptist's father and he says, here I am. I've come from the presence of God to deliver this word to you. And this is exactly how I want to live my life. I want to live my life in God so that when I go out to the world, I've come from God with God's words to give to men. This is what I desire. How many are with me? As a matter of fact, this is what a prophetic people are. So Jesus says these words. Why do you call me Lord, but you do not do what I say? Look at what he says before he says this. In verse 43, he says, there is no good tree which produces bad fruit. Man, there you go. Just blew a whole bunch of arguments out of the water right there. He could have said a whole bunch of different things, but he really just made it clear. If you got a good tree, you're going to bear forth good fruit. If you got a bad tree, you're going to bear forth bad fruit. You cannot mix the two. It's impossible. And let's look at what he's saying when he says that. On the other hand, a bad tree which produces good fruit, this doesn't make any sense. For each tree, each tree is known by its fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns. Jump down to 45. The good man out of his good treasure. Did you hear that? Do you know what Jesus is doing? He's pointing back to the Old Testament. He's pointing back to Solomon's words. If you treasure in my heart, in your heart, the things that I say to you. 
He's pointing back to what Solomon told us. Solomon was telling us from the spirit that we must treasure in our hearts the things that God is saying to us. And what does it mean to treasure something? Well, number one, you protect it. Number two, it's very valuable to you. And I'm telling you right now, if you're in this room and you hear my voice right now and your life is not centered around valuing the voice of God, I wonder whether or not you're really living out this thing or not. Because the voice of God is how you live. Without his speaking, we die. David says, if you are silent to me, I will become like those who go down to the pit. My life will begin to look different. My tongue will speak different. My mind will be different. The way that I live my life will be completely affected because I don't have the bread of life in me. And we must constantly receive the bread. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the bread, not that came down only, but he that comes down. The perpetual giving of God to men is how we live. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man, if you don't live by the word of the Lord, you don't live. And what will it look like? It'll look like bondage to sin. It'll look like constant failures, no victory. Do you know that there's such a thing as victory over sin? There really is. It's not, a, it's not a myth. And it's not just a mindset. It's a reality of our life where you can literally be free. Yeah. I'm not saying perfection. I'm not saying that. But I am saying freedom. Yeah. Right? Yes, freedom. <laughs> Andrew, you've all heard Andrew's story. Right? Freedom broke in. Liberty broke in. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. This is the reality. So look at what he says. The good man brings from the good treasure of his heart. He brings forth what is good. Look at what the other man does. The evil man out of the evil treasure brings out of what's evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. Listen closely to what I'm saying. What you value in your heart. What you value in your heart. Will be what you bear through your life. And if what you value in your heart. As anything other than what God is saying, God's words, then what will happen inside of you? You will not have the good thing. Because the good thing, according to the scriptures, is that thing which comes down from God. We have misdefined good in our culture and in our land and even in the world. When you say good, somebody thinks immediately that thing which is a benefit to me. That's good. That's good food. That's good food. No, no. The Bible doesn't talk about good like this. The Bible talks about that thing which comes down from God is called good. He said, let there be light. There was light. This is good. Jesus says he does the works of the Father in the earth, and they glorify God because they saw his good works because they came down from God. Every good dot, dot, dot gift comes down from the Father of heaven. Good is that thing which comes down from God. That's why we will be rewarded for our good works the reward of works is that thing which god puts in you and puts out of you this is what a good life is this is what good works is and evil is the exact opposite it does not have its origin in god it may look exactly the same man it may look exactly the same two men doing the same thing from widely different motives and two different origins the origin is god himself if we want good life If we want to see that thing which comes down from heaven. If we want to see that thing that will give us something before God. But listen, he says clearly, right there, in in red letters, not even black and white, but red letters. 
Jesus says that the good man brings out of the good treasure in his heart. That thing which came down from God inside of him, he lives it out in the world. And then he follows that by saying, why do you call me Lord, but you don't do what I say? He's pointing back to the very thing he just said. And this is a major issue today. Everywhere, especially in the West. What I'm finding, when we go around all throughout America, I've been traveling with a really good friend of mine named Brian Guerin. He's got a ministry called Bridal Glory. Man, it would do you good to look him up. He's carrying something extremely heavy. The other night, he just got quiet behind the microphone, and the glory of God smashed the place. Didn't say a word. He just stood there. And I was like, what in the world is going on right now? <laughs> the glory of God. The glory of God. That's what I want. Is that what you want? Do you want the glory in your life? Do you want to live by the glory of God? Is that what's burning on the inside of you? I'm telling you, your schedule will testify more truly than your mouth. If you really want the glory of God, people say all the time, I love, I love, I love your presence. How many of you sung that song before? Everybody loves that song. I love his presence. And everybody, everybody will say, I love your presence, Lord. But you know who really loves the presence? That person who is extremely uncomfortable when they're not aware of him. You can tell how much you love the presence of God when in exact proportion to how uncomfortable you are when you're not sensing, sensing his nearness. But when you love his presence, it will draw you and it will call you. You'll be in the, in the kitchen doing something. You'll be outside, whatever it is, you feel the draw and the pull. You'll feel God saying, come away, come away with me, my love. You'll be dead smack dab in the center of a conversation and you'll hear the Holy Spirit say, come on, let's go. And you just run away and you just get alone and you just sit in his presence. And as you sit there, he pours his words into you. And as he pours his words into you, you change. It moves you. Not only are you satisfied, but you're changed. My God, I want to go from glory to glory. And God knows no other way. God knows nothing about plateaus. He knows everything about going forward and up and higher and higher. And I testify to you right now, the last time I stood up here, I'm a different man now than the one that stood up here last time. Why? Because of encounter upon encounter upon encounter. Why? Because I choose to listen to the voice of the Lord. And I'm speaking to you right now. Why do you call me Lord if you do not do the things that I say? Do you know what he's saying? Have you heard him? Do you know his voice? I preached at a church in town here not too long ago, and I saw a child's microphone. You guys know those little kid, little tyke microphones? And the kids speaking to them, all the kids sound the same because the sound quality is so bad. I saw that microphone over the church. And the Lord spoke to my heart. What he said to me is, they don't know my voice. Everything sounds the same. Maybe you're in here and that's the case for you. Maybe you're here right now and you're like, you know what? I love to worship in the assembly. I love to, to listen to the word of God through, through the apostle. I love, I love these things. But to say that I really, really know him myself, that I really, really enjoy him with all of my heart, and that he is the first priority of my life, not just because I made it that way, but because he made it that way. What do I mean by that? I mean the insatiable hunger and longing for him has taken over you. Not just I'm going to try to discipline myself. You see, it's higher. we're talking about something so much higher than discipline, man. 
talking about the, lo- the lovesick longing. That's what we're talking about. And that's what we desire above all things. There's a verse in Job. There's a verse in Job that says, Oh, these are a part of his ways, but how little a portion do we hear of him? My friends, this is the issue that will always be, ever and always before us. Is God number one? Or are the things that he does number one? Or the things that we want from him number one? Oh, these are a part of his ways, but how little a portion do we hear of him? And I'm asking you right now, maybe your life is wrapped up in a part of his ways, but you're not centered on the individual. How do you know, Eric? How do you know if you're centered on the individual? Well, these are your two lifelines. You live every day of your life for these two things, his presence and his voice. His presence and his voice. I asked my daughter one night, we talked about what does it mean to follow Jesus? And as we talked through it together in her childlike mind, she said, well, first of all, I've got to be able to see him. If I'm going to follow him, I've got to be able to see him. There you go. Looking into Jesus. Second thing is, is that you've got to get near him. You've got to draw near to his presence. The third thing is, is wherever he goes, you go. That's what it means to follow Jesus. Looking to him, staying in his presence, and adjusting whatever you must to stay near him. This is what it means to follow Jesus. This is what it means to follow Jesus. The last two months, there's been a word on my mind. It's, just been, it's like branded in my being, and the word is synchronization. Synchronization. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. You synchronize your watch with someone, tick, 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 tick. That's exactly how it is. Synchronized. And this is what God wants above all. As a matter of fact, this is what sonship really is. Synchronization. With God. He moves to the left. I move to the left. He moves to the right. I move to the right. That's, you know, it's more than, than, than a song we know. This is the reality of the Christian life. It's to walk with Jesus. Now I know beyond a shadow of a doubt what I'm saying right now is touching people because he wouldn't have spoken it to me to say. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt there's people in this room right now that your heart is saying this to yourself. Man, I... I want more of a reality of Jesus than what I currently have. And I recognize that unless I get it, things are going to continue going the same way that they've been going. Like I said, you cannot, you cannot by knowledge, by meditation, or by desire become pregnant. It's just not possible. You must receive him. You must receive him. Yeah, you must receive him. You must receive him. You must receive him. You must receive him. Hallelujah. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. I give you glory, Lamb, and I bless you. And I worship. Just receive the presence of God right now on you. Just receive the presence on you. While Peter yet spoke to them, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Right now, right where you are, just receive his presence. He's so near. 
He's so near. The omnipresence is everywhere, but the manifest presence is so different. Hallelujah. You, because of the blood of the Lamb, have the ability to cause the omnipresence to manifest anywhere. Right now, just receive him right now. Let his presence begin to manifest in your heart. Don't get in a hurry. I bless your holy name, Lamb. I'm going to say one last thing, and then we're going to go into some worship, if that's all right. I feel the sweetness of the Lord here. You know, his presence comes out of his, I mean, his voice comes out of his presence. That's how it works. So as you yield to the sweetness of his presence, your heart opens up to receive what he's saying. Hallelujah. The Bible says, in, in that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons, and heal the sick in your name? And he will say, I never knew you. I never knew you. You know what that teaches us? It teaches us it's possible to learn gifts and not know him. It's possible to operate in power and not be intimate. Just because you ran in the field with him with hand in hand, it does not mean you've been intimate with him. Just because your your prophetic word is right on, spot on. You can read somebody's P.O. box number. It doesn't even matter. You can go to hell doing that stuff. But you know where your safety is? Knowing Jesus. Sweet intimacy with him. Receiving his voice and his presence. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, right? But you do not do what I say. He forever tied together knowing what he's saying in his lordship by saying that. In other words, if he's going to be the Lord of your life, which we all profess, not just positionally, but actually in our lives, him being the Lord, it's going to necessitate.